welcome back to another episode of the Marvel News Desk Podcast, your best place to keep up with the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and really all things Marvel TV and film. Uh, today, our main topic is going to be that new slate of release dates. We're going to talk about what we think is coming from Marvel, and we'll get into that in a bit, but first we're going to have some news and reviews. Uh, our panel today is our usual crew, but guys, go ahead and t- say hello and tell folks uh, where they can find you on Twitter. Hey guys, this is Rhiannon. You can find me on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace, and my Twitter handle is shot of, at shot of Padron. I am Adam Barnhart, at Adam Barnhart, B-A-R, oh, I was going to make a joke, I was going to say my Twitter handle is at shot of Zima, <laughs> I decided. <laughs> No, at Adam Barnard, A-D-A-M-B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. But have you ever had Zima? Have you ever had Zima? I have not. I'm too young. <laughs> or it came back, I think. I was about to say, I don't even, I don't know what it is, to be honest. Maybe I'm just naive and don't oh. know the ways of the world, but I don't even know what Zima is, so. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Okay. Well, I am happy to be podcasting at all tonight because we had a a snow hurricane yesterday, so a good chunk of our state is out of power. So I am happy to be able to run an electric electronic device or to be on the internet. So that's pretty exciting for me. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the news. I was just looking this up. Apparently, we have the first studio estimates for Avengers: Infinity War. And just when we thought Marvel couldn't make any more money off of this incredible run that Black Panther is on, uh, the early estimates are in, and Box Office Pro is saying that it'll come in somewhere between $200 and $235 million domestically on the opening weekend. To give you a sense of that, Black Panther was at $202, um, and the Avengers was at $207. that's a whole lot of money on the opening weekend, but I don't think that's all that surprising because we got the major news this week that everybody's excited about that um, we're getting this movie a week early. Uh, so I guess we'll talk about that right up at the top of the show. Adam Rhiannon, what did you guys, what was going through your mind when it suddenly dropped that we were getting this film faster than we thought? They have no cares left to give. Marvel can just do whatever. They can write their own book. They can come up with whatever they want to. And everybody will be excited and everybody will be there. They're writing their own rules. They're writing their own book. That's that's all I could think when I saw that announcement. It's like somebody showed up to work Friday and says, hey, let's let's break the internet today. Yeah, I mean, it struck me immediately. I mean, my process was, wow, this is going to be great for spoilers. Like, I always hate the May movies because I worry about some European troll, like, or bot or something, like, explaining (laughs) the plot of the movie to me on social media. And so as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, awesome. There's not going to be as much concern about there possibly being spoilers. And I thought, well, maybe that's the reason they're doing it. You know, like they've worked so hard to not ruin this movie. They have a movie coming out next year. They haven't even given us the title of yet because they don't want to ruin anything. 
it seems like that's a hypothetical, like that seems like a real possibility that this is kind of totally to make fans happy. I mean, I think there's some box office implications and stuff, but it seems like this is largely a fan move to make sure that none of those early European releases mess everything up. Does that, does it feel that way at all to you guys? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they still are holding tight on not saying what the next movie's title is going to be. You know, there's still the untitled sequel. So it's definitely that that next movie is a spoiler. Yeah, you know, that they're we're gonna have to see it the very first night, or this thing is going to be spoiled, and that maybe that's why they're projecting such high numbers for it. If you happen to be at Marvel and are listening to this, or you have a cousin that works for Marvel. Uh, we know three podcasters that would love very much to get advanced screenings so that we could publish yes. the film. We could publi- <laughs> you know, do some publicity. Obviously, you really need us if you're making $235 million. But, you know, we would love to help you do your job and uh, we can see it a little early and not take any risk uh, on, <laughs> on getting spoiled ahead of time with it. So, um, so are are we all on board? I mean, is the first time we're going to see the the name for Avengers 4, is it going to be just at the tail end where it'll be like, the Avengers will return and Avengers... Or are they going to let it slip during press junkets? Or what do you think? Because, I mean, pr- they can't not have press screenings, can they? I would be surprised if we don't find out what the name of Avengers 4 is until, like, Comic-Con. I think I'm with you. I think it's in the credits. Um, you know, they used to do this back in the day with Bond movies. At the very end of the Bond movie, there'd be the credits. And then the last thing on the screen would be James Bond will return in Moonraker, right? Um, the most famous one, this is no one cares. The most famous <laughs> one is um, after, I think it was... Um, I think it's the spy who loved me came out in 1977 and uh, the next one was supposed to be octopussy, but um, that was the same year that star Wars came out. And so they decided to move ahead on a space themed bond movie. And so the tail end of the credits of um, the spy who loved me says that the next film will be octopussy, but the next film was actually moonraker because they put that in before they changed their mind. All that to say, I think that's how it's going to go down. I think we're going to see the last end credit scene and then it'll say the Avengers will return in Avengers Secret War or whatever, you know. I I think it'll say Thanos instead of the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> you think that? I think I think it might be. I think it'll be Thanos will return in Avengers Fantastic Four or something like that. It'll be like a full Hydra takeover <laughs> where Thanos has become the the champion of the universe. Yes. I like that. That's pretty cool. I, I could see that. What if it just ends with like Reed Richards will return in yeah, oh, just out of nowhere? Gosh, <laughs> people will be burning the theater down, man. I mean, it will be out of control. There's going to be that one person that goes, "Who's Reed Richards?" <laughs> and then oh, we shun that person. But I'm right here. You don't have to talk to me. <laughs> I think you guys, I love listening to the Weekly Planet podcast, and they have this joke. They talk about the guy who knows nothing about Star Wars, and like, what will it be like to watch Rogue One? And there's some guy in the audience that's like, 
wait a minute, why is Darth Vader alive again? I'm confused, you know, like <laughs> stuck behind you in the movie theater. We'll have the, the guy who knows nothing about Marvel. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that was obviously gigantic news. I mean, where do you think this, like, was that the biggest news shock in the history of the MCU? Or, I mean, I, I feel like nothing will ever compare to that day that they dropped on us the release dates and titles of like 10 films yeah at the El Capitan theater but this is pretty close to move this movie up a whole week you know i i i was more interested i mean the date fell second to the fact that they very clearly used the word fantastic mhm in this little rollout all caps yeah and I don't remember, did they use it or did Robert Downey Jr. use it? They used it. Yeah, they used it. Yeah. Th- that has to be, it just has to be coincidence, right? This is nah, some intern us. who did not know what they were they were starting, right? They know exactly what they're doing. Marvel did not leave the announcement of dropping this movie a week early to some intern. <laughs> That's true. Kev tweeted it himself, probably. <laughs> I mean, th- you know, just like Tom didn't accidentally reveal the poster on his Instagram, they didn't just make the decision because Robert Downey Jr. asked and some intern didn't accidentally use the word fantastic in all caps. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that was weird to me is I, I think you saw, uh, I always get his name wrong, um, What's the name of the digital media ad guy, Ryan? Is it Pagowski? Yeah, that guy. What was it, Adam? Pagowski? Panagos. Panagos. Okay. So Ryan Panagos also had tweeted something like, you'll find even more out tomorrow. And then that came to nothing, right? Like, what was that about? Don't tease us, bro. That's not nice. Usually when he does something like that, it's, and then here's a video game. (laughs) That's true. It's his job to get us excited about stuff, I guess. So, Yeah, he gets you excited and then it's, you know, something you totally aren't going to see in theaters. So continuing talking about Avengers Infinity War stuff, uh, this has been a week-long promotion. It started on um, Good Morning America. The other day um, with uh, Paul Bettany and Sebastian Stan and um, uh, Karen Gillum, I think. And uh, all week they've been revealing new toys for Avengers Infinity War. Um, We like toys. We thought we might talk about them some. I mean, I don't want to have a deep toy talk now. But it does seem like we're seeing more and more glimpses of these characters, particularly the Dark Order. Um, It took a long time for us to see much of anything, but now we've gotten some good action figure looks at like Cole Obsidian and Proxima Midnight and all that stuff. Adam, I know you're an action figure guy. Uh, what have you thought about the looks of all these toys that are coming out? I, I'm still confused on what, I mean, at this point they're going to end up doing like four waves of infinity war legends toys, at least because the first one has Proxima. The second one has Cole Obsidian. So, I mean, what's where's Ebony and uh, Corvus? You know, they can't leave those guys out. The, the promo art that's coming out is showing more and more Black Order, so I would guess we get our first real look 
in the next trailer. Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. At least, obviously, we got all the those statues and stuff at at San Diego, but then they come out with the Cole Obsidian Marvel Legends, and it, while the Thanos and Proxima ones look identical to the statues, the Cole City ones pretty much completely different. Yeah. So it's not even doesn't even look like he does in the comics either. So I'm not sure what they did with that one, but I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see what they are, how they actually look like in the movie. Yeah. It seems they're going pretty comic accurate so far. Uh, You talked about the lines. I think some of it is they are using infinity war to brand so much stuff. Like two of the six or eight figures in that second line are actually Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is like, we're not bothering with the Ant-Man and the Wasp line. Just keep stamping Infinity War on as much merch as possible, exactly. you know? Rhiannon, have you had any thoughts from the kind of toy reveals we've seen this week? Is that where we saw Thor's new axe? That came out this week? Hawkeye had a bow and arrow set come out this week as well. That's the first official look at Hawkeye we've got for Infinity War. His little bow and arrow set. Except he wasn't even on the packaging. So we don't even know if it's Hawkeyes, I guess. Kate Bishops, that's what it is. No, I don't think so. Conspiracy. <laughs> um, wh- what do you guys think? We have seen a lot of Thors without eye patches and Thors with eye patches. Do you have a? Uh, do you guys have any hot fan theories about why we're seeing him so differently eye patched, or or not in the in this stuff? I know there's the one that was bouncing around that rockets that eyeball that Rocket has was given to Thor. Oh yeah, from when him and Yondu were in the Ravager prison or whatever and Groot brought him an eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I'm just going to chalk it up to the toy company's not not knowing or something. I mean, I think uh Hot Toys released their statue this week and it had the eye patch. If I recall correctly, some statue maker had the eye patch. But I I don't know, man. He has the eye patch in the trailer. I don't think he gets both a hammer and an eye. Oh, it's clear that we've got some sort of time travel or something or flashbacks of some sort. Yeah, I was thinking maybe he gets a hold of like one of the Infinity Stones. And before Thanos rips it away from him, he's like, just a second. Eyeball. Okay, there you go. You can have it. You know, that's that's the only thing I was worried about. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about some of the other new stuff. Uh, let's go to Netflix real quick. Uh, Punisher went ahead and uh, cast three new actors uh, for the next season. We've got Josh Stewart, Floriana Lima, and Georgia Wiggum uh, joining the cast. It looks like some of this uh, casting points to a run in the comic books called Suicide Run. Um, Rhiannon, you love Netflix. Do you have any thoughts on these actors, actresses? any of this stuff or is it just exciting to see it moving along? I mean, it, it points towards this run that involves um, Frank Castle heading to Ohio and recovering and being undercover again. So I guess we're going to have a lot more of Pete Castellon and um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I will leave myself open-minded on the whole thing. Adam, I feel like you had a thought or two on maybe one of these actor or actresses. Floriana. Floriana Floriana was on Supergirl up until this season, and she plays a police detective of sorts. So it's virtually, it sounds like the same exact role. But instead of 
PG stuff on the CW, she's probably going to either get gruesomely killed or gruesomely kill. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Not a huge bit of news here, but Mark Hamill wants in on Guardians of the Galaxy Three, and uh, James Gunn was kind of on Twitter was like, "Yeah, cool, give me a call, let's set this up." Um, I would really love that. Like Adam, um. I was good to you first on Guardian stuff. Do you want to see Mark Hamill? Do you want to see him on a big role? Do you just want to see him like in a cameo? What do you think? So the, the Mark Hamill's been in a lot of MCU news this week. Are we going to talk about the other Mark Hamill news? I don't well? know if I know the other Mark Hamill news. Please tell How me. He's reportedly voicing one of the Black Order. Oh, CBR we talked something. about this a week or two ago. I said I wanted him. Yay! Yeah, Go Charles ahead. <laughs> did something in his little fan casting bit, and then I think CBR just pushed something where it's either reported or alleged or something. I'm not sure. I, obviously, it would be either. It'd probably be Corvus because that's kind of more Joker esque, or I guess Ebony could be that way as well. But that's the word on the street. Either or, if he's going to voice someone, awesome. But I'm not sure who he'd play. He would. One would think he would play another elder of the universe. I'm not sure who. I mean, it'd probably make more sense for, like, the gardener and stuff. But that was essentially ego, kind of. So I'd be pretty redundant doing that, both two or three. But, yeah. I mean, what, Mark said something like, DM me or something for more info or... I think he's just chomping out the bit to actually act instead of voice act. Yeah. I would like to see Ebony Maw. I think that would work too. I think he could be a very um kind of sly trickster. Um remind me Adam, is um Thanos has a has a father, right? That's an MC uh, Marvel character. He does. What's his name? Yeah, I can't remember his name off the He's kind of like head, an old dude. He is. Yeah, he's an old dude. He actually raised Moondragon. What's his name? I can't remember his name, but yeah, he actually... He, well, he didn't kidnap. He rescued Moondragon from Drax. Well, yeah. He raised Drax's daughter because he thought Drax was dead. So that's the comic connection there. You think he would play Thanos' dad or something? I think it would be... In, I mean, as I'm remembering that character... Which <laughs> Michael T. Ford just hit us up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just stopping. Right uh, in the live stream, Michael T. Ford just said, Thanos, I am your father. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, no, I just, I don't know. As I remember the character, it just seemed like somebody that would kind of fit maybe the age and physicality of Hamill. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, his name is Mentor. Uh, we've got to keep moving on with the news. It's already getting to that late in the news period. Uh, some other quicker things. Um, we continue to get some more um, Legion uh, previews and stuff. Um, Rhiannon, I know you love Legion. Uh, it's kind of interesting. We're not seeing like a full trailer. It's all snippets and like little tiny things. But that, I don't know. I feel like that kind of fits the show that it doesn't, it keeps us disoriented. What have you thought about the promotions on on Legion so far? They uh, they're kind of not you know other than that big one with Aubrey Plaza, they give you a feel, they remind you of the show, they prove to you that there's going to be more of the same 
tone and um but i ha- i mean without having any real clue what's going to happen so i continue to see them and be excited uh new mutants it's uh apparently they are doing a lot of reshoots and adding an entire new character to new mutants uh adam <laughs> That's that's a terrible sign, right? <laughs> they decided midway through they had yeah. to add a whole new character to the thing. I mean, it would explain why they're pushing it back a year. Because hey, you know, hey, you know what would make this movie really good? A whole new movie. It's kind of concerning. They they pushed out a trailer, and it's probably not going to end up anything like what we've seen. I'm just trying to imagine how the morale would be. Can you imagine being an actor, being on set, you wrap the thing, and then your agent calls you and is like. Listen, we're going to have to do another two months on this. They're casting a whole new character. They're going to cobble the film together from the two sets of footage. Like, that's got to not feel good. How does, I would guess, are reshoots included in an actor and actress's contract? They have that set, like, a number. I mean, they any movie, no matter how good, is going to have some reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have that in. But if they go beyond the set amount, it's a renegotiation, I believe. So New Mutants is probably going to going beyond the set amount. I would Just guess. Just a guess. Yeah. We did have uh, the screenwriter of uh, Captain Marvel talking with Entertainment Weekly. Uh, talked a little bit about how that script is coming along. Uh, I thought it was e- interesting that the title here is Captain Marvel Screenwriter Teases a Sassy and Smart-Ass carol danvers an action comedy uh interesting to see action comedy that's uh, not a phrase i would have thought of with this movie um so rhiannon i don't this may not make any sense you may tell me i'm stupid for caring um i don't know what would you think of if someone's like oh i love working with rhiannon she's so sassy like, doesn't that seem like a kind of weird word to use for a woman? I, don't, I, just, I personally wouldn't, but... People talk about me that way all the time. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it feels a little cliche. But if you go on and you read the article, it's that she had... So the writer previously worked on Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Or the new Laura Croft movie that's coming out and wanted to have a little bit of the sass with that character and has just kind of didn't get to include that in the final draft of Laura Croft. So she's bringing it over to Captain Marvel. Um, I have no idea. But for me, and I don't know as much about Carol Danvers and about Captain Marvel's personality and how it's supposed to be, but um, I'm okay with it. I mean, with the MCU, we've seen a lot of sass. I mean, Thor has sass, and it works out pretty well. So um, it doesn't bother me, really. All right. uh, Last bit of news um, in the holy crap, what are they doing category. (laughs) Um, Fox is now working on a Silver Surfer solo movie to add into addition to everything else that's going on. <laughs> Adam, just feel free to share whatever guttural emotions that you can squirt nah, out I on mean, this one. Are you excited about a Silver Surfer Fox film? They they can't. I mean, they're not going to do it. They, they can't. I don't... 
I mean, Noah Hawley let slip that he's working on a Doctor Doom movie, and I have 1% confidence that's actually happening, at least under Fox. I mean, if Disney's going to spend however much they are to buy Fox, I would guess there has probably been mentions or there's just a general understanding. Uh, you guys have already screwed up the main characters enough. Let's leave the Dooms and the Silver Surfers and the these little lesser-known characters to us because that's what we've had really good success at doing. Um, yeah, there's no way Fox is going to push out a Silver Surfer movie. I'd be very surprised. Rhiannon, you uh, you know some people who actually work in, in show business. So can you tell me... How do you know how the pay works on like writing? Like if you're developing a script, do you get paid out a little bit ahead of time? Like when they first ask you to work on it or how's that go? Oh yeah. All of that is um, strictly controlled by the WGA. So, I mean, because a lot of movies get written and never made. So the writers are very much protected. They're protected if they write a draft there's a certain established rate if they're rewriting a movie that was written by somebody else. There's specific arbitration in that case if several people write a movie and you're trying to figure out who gets the final screenwriting credit. I mean, there's, I mean, everything right down to the way writers' names are presented in the credits is arbitrated by the WGA. So, um, yeah, these folks get paid... I mean, you might see you have some cases where a studio is trying to make a movie and they're trying to get people to write for free. And so they'll ask a writer to write a treatment, you know, hey, maybe you'll get it. You know, if you give us a first draft of this, we'll decide if we want to hire you as a writer for that. But you don't typically see that on a Marvel movie type situation where a writer is doing it just trying so desperately to get the job. These folks, I mean, you're Noah Hawley's of the world. They're getting paid for every treatment they write. So. Right. So this is my grand theory here. I think that there are execs at Fox that know they're about to get canned. Okay. They know that their time is over. And so they are handing out checks left and right to every screenwriter that they can in the hopes to just like make some friends, make some connections, set them up for their next job. You know, like, hey, I'm not going to be here in a year. So you want to make a Silver Surfer movie? Here you go. There's a check. Oh, you want to do a Kitty Pride movie? Whoop! there you go. There's a check. Like. It's cynical, but that's the only way I can understand how this stuff is all getting greenlit over there. Like, does that make any sense? Or, or? or they're, like, trying to get on um, Feige's good side. You know, like, Feige, Feige, look, I have this great plan for Silver Surfer. You know, let, let me in on your team. You know, yeah, I know you're not going to make this movie, but this is the vision I have for it. Let me be a part of your team. There's got to be some reason for why this is happening because nobody saw this and was like, oh, yay, that's a thing that will happen and that I am excited about. <laughs> that is not anything that anyone said. Yeah. So um, let's get to the review section. Um, we got a one minute bit on Cloak and Dagger today or today, this week. Um, 
I'm not expecting effusive thoughts here, but any thoughts on what we saw since we finally got new footage from them from the first time in a while? Um, no real thoughts. We finally kind of actually saw um Cloak's powers. I'm totally spacing out his name. Tyrone, right? So that was pretty cool, actually. Well, we've seen um now I'm totally spacing off her name. Tandy, right? Tandy. Okay. I'm getting there, guys. We've we seen will powers, care about this seen... by June. We <laughs> promise. I know. <laughs> I mean, well, was it? Was that a trailer? I mean, it wasn't even really a TV spot either. It was like a commercial. It reminded me of a commercial of a product or something. I don't know. It was just shot weird. I know Caleb mentioned he liked the dual screen type stuff. I thought that was cool. It didn't really show us much really i mean it was a character building thing essentially we saw their backgrounds and where they came from that way they don't have to put it in the pilot it it reminded me of a one minute spritzer that you give people when it's been 10 months since the trailer of a show came out (laughs) rhiannon any thoughts on cloak and dagger not really there you go That's where we're at. Uh, I mean, it's really bad because I feel like we'd think so. Like, if this show was coming out now or even it came out a month ago, I think we'd feel really different about it. But this whole, like, extended non-build-up build-up is just, I think it's just affecting things poorly for us. So, All right, it's time to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know we're pumped about it. It is finally back. We are done watching a bunch of Norwegians win medals, and it is time to uh, return to the world of shield them. Um, one piece of news that we had this week is that agents of shields writers are going to write the season five finale as if it was a series finale. I think that's wise. I mean, by the time you're at the fifth season of almost any show, that's just a smart thing to do. Um, but we got the agents back on earth. Um, Rhiannon, go ahead and we'll let you start. What did you think of our 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 friendly shield team? I can't talk this late at night. Uh, what did you feel? What did you think about the episode? Did you like it? Um, yeah, I liked the episode. I mean, obviously, Star Wars. Deke, is this right? Deke? Star Wars stole the show. I mean, he he was um hilarious, but well, and touching, like. The little tree hugging scene brought a little tear to my eye and you know um made me want to call the cops also just all at once um i i they set up i i mean yo-yo um you know how quickly i mean it's one thing to know how everything is going to end it's another thing for the ine- for everything to seem so inevitable so quickly um i don't know how i feel about punk baby girl being the big bad or something um but we'll see we'll see what big things they have waiting for us in the next episode same stuff really that the, the instant yo-yo stopped in her tracks my heart sank i'm like oh man i wish we would have saw her rubies are they like circle boomerangs they look like exactly what nakia used yes! in black panther 
circle stuff. And then she threw it, and then we didn't see it come back or anything, but then we saw it in her hand, and it just kind of seemed shot weird. So, are, I mean, are they turning her into a comic character? I'm not sure who that'd be. Or is Ruby like an actual... Is she, is she human, or is she a robot, or is she an LMD? I don't know. Like, who's, who's this general workforce? Is she Talbot's replacement, or is she a different government thing I don't know I guess who's calling the shots General Hale does she report directly to the president or what I think that that all is answered in that Hunter and Fitz episode that I don't remember that part of like I feel like there was like some expository dialogue there early on that I'm not remembering at all so but yeah man this season's killer I love it. Then you have the people like, ah, oh, Shield's still on. I'm like, come on. Just watch it, man. This this season's awesome. Star Wars, great. I don't know, the Chronicon? That actor's in a lot of stuff. I, I don't know who he is off the top of my head. He's hilarious. But that thing exploded, right? The, what do you call it? The Beamer thing. So did that explode all the monolith cases, too? I don't know. I was thinking it was not wise to put those with the monolith cases. You know, I was like, I don't know why, but I don't think these things should be close to each other. I think we should separate them somehow. So we've only seen two. There were three monoliths down there, right? And there was the black one that sent Gemma to wherever. And there was the white and red one. And then there was a gray one with like bullseyes on it. Yeah. We haven't seen that gray one with bullseyes, have we? Maybe that's where we're going with the plot. Maybe that's going to be a way they fix stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Also, what? I mean, did they didn't really save Earth, did they? They were transferred to the future to kill Cassius, or why? That was. I mean, it seems to me. Why isn't um, Enoch still there? Because like they froze. If they're back in time, I mean, if they're back to right when they left, and they and oh yeah, Fitz was frozen, so Fitz should still be frozen in this universe, and Enoch should still be there. But this is back to the time travel thing. You can't think about too deeply. See, I'm still sitting here thinking they really stole the idea of Uatu the Watcher. And they're yeah. really getting as much my like I went to the comics. Yeah. I was so bothered thinking about that that I'm not even thinking about the logic because these are the watchers. Like even all this stuff about like we don't get involved. We just watch, you know, like I mean, it's fine. They're doing what they can when they don't have the rights to those characters. But if the, if they start doing the watchers in the movies, it's going to be one of those things where like, well, why don't they in the the chronobots or whatever they're called why don't these guys get along you know like why don't they just like you know share the labor it seems like they're redundant workforce uh, you know yeah we'll end up with the uh result we did with inhumans and ragnarok at the same time where it was adelan as a people and then asgard as a people the same <laughs> right so I, I did love that um yo-yo's getting again that's like a comic book thing that she loses her arms i'm really hoping she gets like bionic ones you know um, and I think it's cool that they've waited this long. Like with Misty Knight, we're always waiting for her arm to fall off. You know, like that's the first thing that's hit in our mind. 
And I love that Yo-Yo has been around like for almost two whole seasons before they bothered getting to it. So that when it happened, it was like shocking, but it shouldn't be too shocking because it's just the source material. I got a real kick out of that. I thought that was, that was a lot of fun. Who gets their uh, comic book uniform first, Yo-Yo or Danny Rand? Oh, yeah, probably Yo-Yo, <laughs> just just because I have no faith in the, in the Iron Fist people. This is a small thing. Again, people are going to comment that we're, we're focusing on the wrong things. Um, I'm really, did it feel like Black Bolt trying to buy a suit when Deke started running up the bar tab? <laughs> like, this strikes me as a really stupid plot. Deke has lived his entire life in a world where he's constantly having to barter things to get stuff. He knows that the world works on economic principles. Is he really so stupid that he really thinks that the thing in his arm is going to buy his booze or that like the food is free? Like this, like fish out of water, like, Oh, I don't know how money works. Like even if you're from the future, you got to know that money exists, right? Like, Am I the only one that found this to be a ridiculous plot element in the middle of this TV show? It's that Zima, man. The Zima, man. It <laughs> made, you, made him forget. You've teased us long enough, Rihanna. What is Zima? What, what is this? Is this like a, is it like um, a Smirnoff Ice? Or like, what, what are these it's things? It's like the predecessor to Smirnoff Ice. It's, I mean... I, I vaguely remember, I mean, like, seriously, I haven't probably had a Zima since I was, like, since, since maybe, like, 2002 um, to, like, totally, like, date myself or whatever. Or whenever they stopped making them. Um, whichever was longer ago. Because <laughs> they stopped making them for a long time. It's like if you had a beer that tasted like Sprite. Um... I guess it's I remember them tasting better than like Smirnoff ice. Um, but it was always the joke. I mean, like when I was in college or something, you know, you can't really handle beer. So you drink a Zima because um, they were a little bit cooler than Smirnoff. Ice. You know, like it was a little bit cooler for you to be drinking Zima than a wine cooler or Smirnoff ice or something. And, um, yeah, it was just Zima. I can't believe you guys have never had a Zima. Well, to be fair, you said 2002. I wasn't legally capable of drinking a Zima in 2002. (laughs) So, yeah, I was 10 years old. (laughs) Too young to have Zima. Um, well, I hear there, you know, obviously there was a big old Zima commercial thanks to Marvel. So you guys should give it a shot. Especially if you don't like beer. Yeah, I wonder if that was... Was that place? Because I think they've brought it back. I saw an article or something that they brought Zima back for a limited time. So I wonder if that was paid product place. If your plan to get back on the market is to get an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you probably need a better marketing team. That's all I'm saying. Dude, we've just talked about Zima for how long? I mean, that was a pretty good That's product true. placement. Um. Okay, if your plan of getting back in the market is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel News Desk podcast, <laughs> then you need a new marketing department. Zima, I would like my check now. Um, <laughs> it, uh, uh, yeah, it's 
I, I remember, like I said, it's been a long time since I've had any, but it was Zima. I mean, it was just like a unique taste. And obviously, this is why you need an old person on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So generally speaking, I actually was a little disappointed in the episode in that I kind of, I don't know, I just happened to see the twist coming. Like when the beacon was on, I was like, that's not to bring the Kree, that's to bring S.H.I.E.L.D. And then when um, when they entered the facility and then Daisy was at the cop station and the cop was looking at her funny and the the military lady was like, keep them there. I was like, she's not talking about Quake, she's talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like, I guessed most of the twists before they happened, so that was a little sad to me. So who... Who did the cop guy call then? I bet you the cop's going to end up being a good guy. That's not the last time we've seen him, is it? Does Did he call so? Because he knew something was up. And he called someone, so did he call another Chromacon or... I think it was just you? a big, like, ooh, we faked you out. This is, you know, like, we made you think it was the one thing. Red herring, you know? I, I don't know. See, that's what logic says, but we don't use that here conspiracies Caleb he's calling somebody <laughs> I should say that one thing I do like with the return of that Cree beacon and with the return of Piper and the return of the absorbing man like it feels like they're we have we have mocked the show mercilessly for setting things up and creating stuff and not coming back to it I'm starting to get hope that the rest of this is all going to be a huge nostalgia train and they're going to bring back every element that we have not thought was going to happen. So what, her the team she's putting together is Absorbing Man and Graviton, or what? Yeah, maybe uh, Blizzard. Was it Blizzard? Is that the name of him? Or Whiteout or something? The Snow Power guy? I could see her going after Deathlock. That'd be cool. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll, t- bringing in a comeback. Uh, Razor Fingers or whatever her name is. That was, yes, that was the most disturbing character in the history of this show. She's like, I don't have superpowers, I just put razor blades in my hands. And I remember, like, none of these characters, other than Creel. I remembered Creel. (laughs) So this is just sounding like absolute me watching the show being frustrated because I can't. I didn't remember Piper. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you just very clearly explained who you were. So that I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, a lot of fans talked about her because she had like the same exact role on was it Arrow or Flash? Supergirl. Supergirl. So she was like Supergirl too. She's playing like the same character on Shield and Supergirl at the same time, which was really kind of interesting to some people. So, anyways, Shield's back. I think I'm excited. I'm glad to have it back. I'm I'm excited to see where it's going. I'm not sure if this was the best episode, but um. But hey, Hive is coming back, so Brent Ward's got to be around the corner. So things That's are the first looking thing I up. Saw. The the teaser says the most shocking event in five years. I said, please come on. <laughs> we all know it's Grant Ward. <laughs> I thought that's who Piper was going to be. I thought they were going to open the door. He was going to be like, "Time travel, guys! I'm back." <laughs> so, all right, we should jump to our main conversation. We said we'd try to be quick tonight, and we're not doing a good job of it. But we're having a good time. We're tired. <laughs> um, here's what I want to talk about for our main conversation. And I'm go- I- I'm trying to aim somewhere. We'll see if we end up there. 
Uh, Marvel gave us a list of release dates this week as well. So we talked about the Avengers Infinity War release date being moved up. But that same day, um, Disney claimed basically every other weekend from now to 2025 for some Disney project or the other. It included six Marvel dates. So I'll try to give you a full rundown so no one's confused. The movies that are coming up in the MCU. Um, Avengers Infinity War now is coming out the last weekend in April of this year. Um, after that, we'll get Ant-Man and the Wasp in July. Then we will get Captain Marvel about a year from now in March. Then the first weekend of May in 2019, we'll get Avengers 4. And then in July of 2019, we get Spider-Man Homecoming, the sequel. Uh, those are the things that we know are coming for sure. Uh, then the dates Marvel had already picked out were May of 2020, July of 2020, and November of, uh, excuse me, August of 2020 and November of 2020. That August date was one that was moved up. That was moved to the last weekend of July instead of the first weekend of August, 2020. Uh, so those are three movies that have to fill into the slate. May, uh, July and November of 2020. Then 2021, we've got May 7th, July 31st and November 5th. Um, a second straight year of May, July, November. And then 2022, we've got February, May, and July as the release dates. That maybe is really confusing. Uh, look it up online or play that back slowly and use a pen and paper. So I've already started working on uh, an article for our marvelnewsdesk.com about what I think this is going to be. I can maybe share some of that. Um, When you guys see these dates, I mean, what... What are your thoughts? What do you think um, is is coming our way? Does any of those dates look good for you for a particular movie coming up? I mean, it just says Marvel's going to keep on keeping on. Would these include Spider-Man movies or Sony properties? So I think that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, because I think it's, this is what we don't know. Um, does it include so um, um Sony dates? It, it seems to. When they announced um Spider Man Homecoming, they gave it a Marvel date. Uh, so I think that Sp- Spider Man movies are included in this. Um, but we're not sure. Uh, also, we don't know if this includes Fox. If these are being really penciled in for current MCU stuff, or if the stuff they get in the Fox deal is going to be included or not. I feel like that's kind of up in the air. I don't know. I was looking at it. If you start penciling out, well, we're getting Black Panther 2. We're probably getting Black Panther 3. We're getting Doctor Strange 2 and probably a third. And probably Ant-Man 3. I mean, those dates keep whittling down, you know. How are outside of Black Widow, you know, how many of those dates are going to be new, new stuff? You know, I don't know. It kind of exhausted me a little bit just thinking about it. It's like, oh, man, all the way through 2020 or 2022. I don't know. I hope for new stuff, you know. Um, Obviously, Black Panther has a very bright future. Doctor Strange, they haven't even touched on. We haven't heard anything. Scott Derrickson maybe kind of hinted at some stuff a while ago. Um, But, yeah, are they going to – do you think they'll do another dump or do you think they're just going to roll out the, I mean, they kind of let the Black Widow stuff leak out a little bit. So are they just going to 
keep that pattern up? Or are they going to announce all six dates at once? How many days? So there's six plus the three before, right? But two of the three are Guardians 3 and Black Widow, allegedly, right? Yeah, we think so. I mean, um, like I said, uh, check out. Hopefully it'll go live here another day or two. I did a whole big long article on this. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 almost has to be in that May date. Um, and Black Widow is the next furthest along. So, yeah, we would think that's two of them. But, I mean, you were hitting at what I really wanted to get to. This sounds insane. But three movies a year is not nearly enough. And what I mean by that is this. Let's think about everything that we would want to see by the end of 2022. Or the things that we'd reasonably see by the end of 2022. And by my listing, that includes Guardians 3, Black Widow, Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, an X-Men movie, a Fantastic Four movie, probably a third Spider-Man, because they're going to want those things every two years. Uh, if there's going to be an Ant-Man 3, that would be due in that time frame. Um, if there's going to be a Ravagers movie, that's going to be due in that time frame. And I would hope one or two new properties of some kind, that there's something exciting or new coming down the line. Even if you, So I just counted those off. That's like 11 or 12 movies. Then you have to ask yourself, what are they going to do with the existent franchises? Are we going to get a Falcon Captain America movie? Is Valkyrie going to take over the Thor Asgard kind of corner? Are we going to do a Riri Williams? And this says nothing about a Miles Morales or a Miss Marvel or uh, another team up. I mean, we still haven't talked about a fifth Avengers movie or an Ultimates movie or a um, Champions. Right. I mean, and I realize I'm getting more extreme, but there's a legitimate 15 options there for those movies. And there's nine slots for those 15. And that's moving very slowly with the Fox stuff. I mean, that doesn't even say anything about, you know, I mean, X-Men, are they going to want to wait four years to put out an X-Men movie? Like I started to look at it and it felt like way too much stuff to fit into three movies a year. And it felt like they have to go faster than this, you know? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really good point. All of that stuff. We're already over budget per se, and that's not including, you know, if they, I mean, they've talked about an Iron Man 4 or, you know, Bucky putting on, you know, picking up the shield from Cap. So that's a good point. What's going on? We should have a movie a month, right? (laughs) (laughs) Rhiannon, would you like to, I mean, do you think that they're being smart by keeping it to three a a year? Or do you feel like that maybe we need to see more with all the property they have now? After Infinity War, we know that some characters won't be around, that this will wrap up some characters. Um, So I think that will ease some of that unknown. You know, obviously we're not going to lose any of these brand new characters. We're not going to lose a Doctor Strange, a Black Panther, um, you know, obviously Captain Marvel if she even, you know, we're assuming she's going to show up in some capacity. Um the new ones but i you know and you didn't even touch on like if there's a new like whether it's not new avengers movies but if there's a new version of the avengers movies where these 
characters team up again in the future where we see them all together tying everything together um but i'm also fine with it going very slowly you know i don't feel like we need a black panther i mean i i know the world would eat up a black panther as frequently as they can create anything wakanda related but if there's three years between each time we see that world if there's three and a half four years it might be a distance makes the heart grow fonder type thing where people get even more excited um so i don't know i don't know we'll see i mean that's why i'm asking like if the spider-man stuff would be on that schedule you know maybe there's current fox slots that they're assuming the x-men stuff will go into if they do more x stuff um or some fantastic stuff um i'm i'm fine with just waiting and seeing because no amount of speculation is going to change what they have planned but speculation is what we do here on the podcast. We won't have a podcast if we don't talk about some of those things. I know. I'm sorry. I'll speculate. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it's... um, I, Yeah, with all of this stuff, we, we don't know. And, you know, you make a good point. Fox has certain dates that they have already boxed out of the calendar on their schedule, right? Like... Somewhere, you know, people keep track of all these things, Exhibitor Weekly or whatever. And so, uh, you know, Fox does have dates that they've had, um, you know, uh, sort of staked out for a long time. And one would assume that Disney is going to pick those up if and when this this thing goes through. And so, yeah, there should be some more available. So it may be that these are just MCU things. And for X-Men, Feige's like, well, Fox has already got this date picked out for X-Men Dark Phoenix 2. Heaven knows we're not making that movie, but we'll use that date. You know, like that would that would make sense to me that that's a possibility. You know. Anyone think it's a little weird that they announced the dates on the same day they changed the date to their biggest movie of all time? Because, I mean, they showed that even though they do set the date, that they have no problem <clears throat> changing it. Know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just a function, again, I don't know how this works, but there's some entity or there's some, I don't know, like, listserv or something. Like, there's somewhere that they kind of scope these things out or people to keep track of this stuff. And I got the sense that they just sent in a whole bunch of data on release dates. And moving up Infinity War and claiming dates for 2022, they just happen to have to do them on the same form or something? That's probably totally wrong. There's probably no form. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's all just part of a process, I'm guessing. Because Disney did this, um, in addition to the Marvel stuff, Disney picked out like 12 dates over the next two years that they're doing more live action movies that are all entitled as well, so... I don't know enough about that because, like, I just sort of envisioned a different process and that they quietly did all these filings whenever. And when they moved those dates, people were like, hey, let's see if they've been moving other dates and discovered that those were there. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. What? Um, I should know this. What is the name of this entity that always reports this stuff? 
It's like exhibitors. Here we go. Exhibitor relations at ERC box office. Aren't those just people like us, though? I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't think it's. Oh, like... You mean nope. highly respectable members of the press? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Esteemed members Why are of you guys the, the press. Uh, ERC. <laughs> ERC box office has been the box office authority since 1974. So, um, they, and they, so they uh, probably know what Zima is. So I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it appears that, uh, ERC exhibitor relations incorporate. They're a big, they're a big deal. Clearly. The Variety and Hollywood Reporter and USA Today are their clients. I, I don't know. I it just they're official somehow. We're really showing how not official we are. We don't know who they are. We just know that they send out tweets that give us release dates. So, I mean, so I mean, kind of. I don't know. I feel like I just asked this, but I mean, do you think the market? It seems like they could do four, doesn't it? Like, given how successful they are, one a quarter does not seem too much to me, particularly because. For years, we've been getting two or three Marvels and one or two Spider-Men and two X-Men a year. You know, like, it seems like the market could handle this pretty easily. Let's let's spread the... I mean, this, this year is weird. We're done with Marvel movies in July, you know? It'd make more sense to do a quarterly movie or something. If nothing else, what are we going to podcast about in October, Marvel? <laughs> Come on. Or something? Come on. Daredevil season three. That's part of the reason. Well, we'll be covering Dark Phoenix, so that's uh, part of the reason for that decision. <laughs> I do think the other piece to this is going to be really interesting is are they going to do Marvel or, I mean, specifically MCU movies for the Disney streaming service? And if so, what kinds? Are they going to be like the B movies or are they going to do like decent movies where the budget's going to be? Because that's a way to relieve some of this tension, right? Um, I'm not trying to pick on it. I feel like Ant-Man and the Wasp maybe could be one of those. You know, like, if Ant-Man and the Wasp does a similar box office number to the last time, maybe Ant-Man 3 fits on a streaming service. And that's a way that they can continue that franchise on. I think it's inevitable that we're going to get content that way. Because more and more Netflix and Hulu and Disney are creating stuff to go directly to um, to consumers in that, that way, you know. I just cannot imagine. I mean, I know, like, really big movies are going straight to these streaming services. I know they're getting bigger and bigger. I just cannot imagine it being to the point that an MCU movie would go straight to streaming. Um. I mean, what if they had decided for Black Panther to do something like that? They, these movies make so much in theaters. Even your Ant-Mans, you know, even the ones that, that don't perform like your Black Panthers, they, they, I can't imagine there being a world where there's that much money to be made from streaming. Yeah, I, I can't pretend that I understand the economics. I know Netflix is spending billions and billions of dollars on content and I don't understand how that works, but, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting just to see, I think how the whole world's developing, but 
I think my big takeaway here is I still feel like three is too few. You know, like, I don't know. We got we to gotta pump this out, Marvel. We need some more. Um, thus far, they've shown they can go from two to three without dropping in quality, but maybe that would also put Kevin Feige in an early grave. That might just be too much for the production team, so... Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and hit our mailbag. Obviously, mailbag is a little different as we are adjusting to our new existence as Marvel News Desk. Uh, if you guys missed it last week, just to recap real quick, Marvel News Desk is expanding. We have a website now, marvelnewsdesk.com. Um, we have a YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, you also obviously can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're at Marvel News Desk on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Marvel News Desk. We're putting video content straight on to Facebook as well. Um, please help us out with all of those things. Uh, one of the big things that's happening is uh, we're working with Charles Villanueva, and he is putting out his Road to Infinity War Supercut exclusively with us, and it's going to happen early on Patreon. So uh, if you want to get access to YouTube videos uh, a week or so ahead of when we drop them to our YouTube channel, you can support us for a buck a month over at Patreon.com. Um, all of that just means we're kind of becoming our own thing that, you know, the three of us own and operate and love. And so, um, we could, uh, definitely use your support in that, but it also means if you want to send us mail, it would be really awesome if you start doing so via our website at marvelnewsdesk.com or doing so via our Twitter account as always. So uh, I'm just going through Twitter for this week real quick. Uh, Anne Marie was so sweet. Uh, if you guys remember her, she was on our uh, MCU or MCU and uh, women uh, episode of the pod last summer. Uh, she was just giving a shout out to Women's History Month and uh, how cool Rhiannon is, and also said that you should check out Marvel News Desk. Thanks for that, Anne Marie. Uh, Ruben Santos was asking us a bit about the new website at uh, RBNRS. Thanks, Ruben. Uh, we're excited about this new deal. Um, we also uh, got a request from at Uberku uh, to do a uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. supercut. Uh, we're getting that request a lot. I, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I think the, uh, the sheer volume of episodes would make one of those supercuts probably the death of Charles. So I'm not sure, but uh, uh, at Andelman, uh, Mr. Media Podcast had given us a shout out. Uh, it seemed like a really random article. Uh, oh, somebody was uh, joking about how we shouldn't uh, put any new tariffs on vibranium as a joke about politics. That was pretty funny. Uh, at Tony D'Onofrio uh, and at Charles Murphy THS, some of the guys we've worked with in the past uh, commented on a new video we have up that Adam did of a unboxing. Uh, for the Marvel Collectors Corps, so thank you to those guys for interacting. Uh, lots of you are giving us uh, likes and retweets on um, Twitter, and so we really appreciate that. Um, Michael T. Ford III has been on the live stream, and um, he put a great question. Let me ask this to you guys. He put a question on, on Patreon. I almost want to steal it for like a podcast topic. But I think I'll just ask it, uh, I'll ask a version of it right now. So he was talking about um, what properties are most important for the different parts of the MCU, right? So like 
like what's the most important MCU thing for Netflix or what's the most important for the movies, etc. So let's ask that on like the highest level. What single property is the most important for its particular part of the MCU? Does that question make sense? Hmm. My internet glitched right at the end of it. Which one is most important for each delivery service? Yeah, I mean, we won't do it for each one. Just go ahead and give me your overall. What is the most, like, what's the most important for its particular one? Does that make sense? So pick one that helps out its avenue more than any other helps out their avenue. I mean, obviously Daredevil owns Netflix. I mean, you ask, I mean, you talk to the, you talk about the Netflix universe to anybody not, you know, that doesn't follow everything. And they know Daredevil where they may have never heard of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Um, you know, while the others have their niche markets that have lots of fans, Daredevil owns Netflix. Yeah, I still remember pretty vividly. The um the announcement of the Netflix universe it was like November of like uh I think 2013 or something like that or 2000 yeah was, I think it was 13 2014 something like that and uh, I we were on a trip and I was in a hotel room and I remember being like Daredevil awesome I I've heard of Luke Cage I think that'd be cool Iron Fist they're really gonna try that <laughs> who is Jessica Jones you know like. Um, I, I remember like Daredevil anchoring that really strongly. So I don't know, man. You, you want to say Daredevil for Netflix, but like, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, Black Panther, you know, introduced so many new people to the MCU, you know, and Marvel, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, the most important movie, is that what made the most money? You know, I guess... I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. You know, I mean, Daredevil's pretty much the foundation for the Netflix universe. You know, I don't think any of the other three characters could really anchor it. Um, But I mean, then if you look at the movies, you know, there's not. Well, see, then you got Tony Stark and, and Cap, you know, and it would be substantially different without them. But then again, I think. Obviously, when RDJ and Chris Evans are done, it's it won't the movie universe isn't going to hurt as bad, if that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it may be a lame answer, but I think Avengers is the most important to any of them. And here's what I mean: the concept of Avengers is why we have an MCU, right? Like the idea of let's do a movie where we team up. A lots of different lots of different people like the the desire and the drive to make an Avengers movie is what started this whole it's all connected kind of idea and so the interconnectivity it happened because of the dream of Avengers and so to me Avengers is still the core property of it all because that was the original initial drive to even try this thing um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a spinoff out of Avengers and the whole Defenders Netflix concept was copying what they had done with Avengers. Like, I feel like that concept of bringing everyone together for one big team up movie is the genesis of all this stuff. And so I say that's the most important. Okay. I see where you're coming from. 
Um, I think that will do it for us for now. Uh, like we said, uh, thank you very much for the first week of support guys and everything that you have done for us uh, as we're starting up this Marvel news desk, please keep it coming. We're in the early days, uh, telling your friends about what we're doing. If you like what we do is really helpful. So, um, I've not fixed up my blurb here, but I'll try to get through it. Nonetheless, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, obviously interact with us on Twitter at Marvel news desk. That's the best way to get stuff into us for the mailbag. Now you'll also see posts on SoundCloud and our website, marvelnewsdesk.com each week. Feel free to leave comments there. Please do check out the website too. give us a, a sense of what you think. We're still kind of developing and working it, uh, but we'd love your feedback. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can give us a buck a month or more over at Patreon. We really appreciate the people who do that. That's a huge thing for us right now. Uh, you can go to um, patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk to sign up for that. You'll get access to a special MCU film ranking episode that's only available to Patreon supporters, as well as being able to see videos like the Supercut a week early. Um, you can help our show be more visible if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. And the number one thing you can do is just keep on listening, keep on telling your friends, and uh, thank you so much for the Facebook likes and the tweet, re the retweets and all that kind of stuff. We want to thank Tim's Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. Alvin, thank you for the theme music. You can find him across a variety of social media platforms at The Skull School. Uh, guys, do you know what we're talking about next week? This just snuck up on me. Jessica. Yes, Jessica. I don't have a good David Tennant voice, but... <laughs> I'm just a little concerned because we didn't have anything to talk about with her this week. You know? Like, where's all the Jessica news? It's been weird. Um, have you... I, you know, I follow Kristen Ritter on, on Twitter, and it's like Marvel's marketing department on this one has been like, hey, Kristen, just, just tweet about it a lot, okay? Like, I feel like she's a, like a poor lone voice being like, watch my show, please, please. So <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it has been kind of weird. It's been. I feel like Netflix is giving up on advertising. Like when they dropped that uh, Cloverfield movie at the Super Bowl, they were like, well, I mean, they paid for a Super Bowl ad. But, you know, like they didn't even build it up. It was like, hey, we've got this movie. And by the way, we just dropped it. Cool. And that was it. You know, like there was no buildup. So I feel like and they were going to do that with Punisher. They were going to just drop it without giving a release date. I feel like they're trying to get to a place where the shock of the Beyonce drop is better than paying for advertising. So, all right. Does that do it, guys? I think so. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. We'll, talk we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye.